Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50% to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hi, everyone, and welcome to History Dweebs, the podcast where we take a lighthearted look at the dark side of history. I'm Tim. And uh, the topic of our podcast today is Grave Robbers, the Plot to Steal Abraham Lincoln's Corpse. What do you think about that, Brandy? That sounds like an adventure. Yes, yes. Uh, Of course, uh, the colonel's very versed in uh, grave robbing, uh, so I'm sure he'll have a lot to add. I have robbed a grave or two of my time, but in fairness to me, some, some people have been buried with my shit. (laughs) <laughs> you know, we've been uh, we. I th- there's someone on our fa- in our Facebook group that a- has asked for this thing like you know 50 times, and I've had the script for a long time, but we've never recorded it. So it's a good story, though. It's it's funny because it's uh, kind of a Keystone's cop type of an uh, adventure, of uh, which we are very familiar on this podcast. Speaking of podcasts. Why they would want Abraham Lincoln's grave when they could have got like Miller Fillmore? I'm going to tell you what we're going to tell them why. But Colonel, I listened to Spy Stories this morning, and I must say it was very good. Karen does a wonderful job, but you interrupt too much. That's my only I, kind I of shocking. Mm. Well, yes. you know, sometimes surprising. Sometimes the girl gets just a little off point to me, and I got to bring her back in. No, she was pretty much on point the whole podcast, and you kind of kept interrupting. I'm like, let me hear the fucking story. So I can so I can relate to our listeners who tune in to this, Brandy, uh, right. to hear this, this, this story. Um, but anyway, Spy Stories is really good. If you haven't listened to it, check it out. It's on iTunes. Check it out, leave them a review, and uh, mention that Chuck talks too much. Okay, let's... See, uh, Timmy, that, that reminds me of the, uh, the pebble, doesn't. of the elephant and the hummingbird, Timmy. <laughs> okay, so Brandy, we're, we're talking about Abraham Lincoln's body today, so I guess the colonel is going to talk in parables the whole show. Are you looking forward to that? No, no, not at, uh, <laughs> not at all, because he talks in parables throughout his life. <laughs> No, him and, and Abraham Lincoln, hear, they're the only two people yeah. who've ever done that. And when well, you hear a parable over and over and over all week, when you just ask a question like, hey, what's going on? <laughs> and then he goes into it's this really, and it has no, but at least Abraham Lincoln's 
had a point to them. It's, you know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, no, he, it would get exhausting. Slavery or the union or something. Yeah. But but Chuck's never goes anywhere. It's like I'm already pit. tired. And we you know started. <laughs> you know that scene in uh, Animal House where where the the marching band goes into the dead end alley. That is the Colonel's parable. See, that was a parable. How do you like that? It was a par- it was a parable, and and I just got one for you, Devil. And and, and <laughs> it's it's the parable of the cup of coffee. <laughs> now there was a group of alumni from they were highly established in their careers, and they got together to visit an old professor and. And conversation turned no. into complaints about stress and work. And the professor offered these people some guests, and they went to the kitchen and returned with a large pot of coffee and an assortment of cups, porcelain, plastic, glass, crystal, uh, some plain looking, some expensive. Now, when all the students had a cup of coffee in hand, this the professor said, "If you had noticed, all the nice looking Shut cups have been taken up." up. Leaving behind the oh my god! He might have a point here. Go go ahead, Colonel. We're gonna. He does not. We're gonna follow it. Is this does this have a point? Well, it's more for you to want the best. Yes, it does. I'm trying to show the devil. I'm trying to improve the devil's life so she's less bitter. So he said, while it's normal for you to want the best, yeah, it's not going to help that. (laughs) So go ahead, Colonel. I'm vested in this now, Brandy. Go ahead, Colonel. He said, You're vested. God, yeah. it doesn't take much, does it? <laughs> Be assured that the cup has oh. low quality to the coffee. That's, he's got a Life point. Life is right? like the coffee. The job, the money, everything. They're just tools to hold and contain our life. Our life is like the cup of coffee. Uh, and if you, you have an expensive cup or a plastic cup, you, it's still oh. all about the coffee. If he's going to be fucking Yoda this whole time, I'm getting <laughs> off of this fucking call. I cannot now, see you're today. I cannot do it. The quick one of the old Cherokee parable of the two. <laughs> no, years. see, shut the fuck up. <laughs> Wait, what is that? No. no. You know, you know I haven't have even introduced you? I haven't even introduced you fuckers yet. So let you me know, introduce you. You know what you haven't? Can I tell the devil what you got in her? But you got two wolves, devil. One is evil. <laughs> one no, is no, evil. no, they're they're both evil. <laughs> and, and and then the other one, well, it's evil. And do you know which one they oh have a fight? God. And do you know which one wins, devil? This it is old Cherokee parable. It doesn't matter. It's the one you feed and quit feeding the de- evil devil. Quit feeding the evil in you. Then they both die. But then they both die. Uh, I feel I like I, I, I haven't even introduced you guys yet. Let me introduce her first, uh, Colonel. Then you can then you can bring out oh, your right. you know your book of parables that you can uh, read from. Uh, I, I am very uh, honored to introduce a lady who needs no introduction. A lady who's known throughout the land as Brandy <clears throat> the Benevolent, Her Majesty Queen Brandy the First. How are you today, Brandy? I think I well, Timmy, I'm not that. good. <laughs> no. Oh, well, there's a surprise. You know why? Because you're worried about the cup your coffee's in, devil. Just enjoy the coffee, <laughs> goddammit. Well, Timmy, I'm not good. <laughs> what's wrong? What's wrong? What's wrong, Brandy? I've been up a long time today, Timmy. A long, long, long time today. Why why were you up it's so spring long? break? It's I don't know why. My child doesn't want to sleep. 
Yeah. Oh, we were he's off five. all week. He's off all week. Yeah. It's spring break. Well, and you'll, you'll, get to spend, you'll get to spend time with him and bond and that sort of thing. No, I'm working. Mm. Thank you. Well, I, I figured you would take time off to spend with your child. Well, that's what well, a, it's well, like you don't know me at all. I know. I, I was just giving you, I thought you might want to say it's that. It's like you don't podcast. know me at all. No, I might want to say no. that for the podcast and make you sound like a good parent, but. Look, if I spent the whole week with him, nobody would like that. Nobody comes out on top. Nobody, nothing. No, I know, no, I know this is brandy good. time, Colonel, but do you, what's your thoughts on uh, parenting, uh, Colonel? Well, if I had a week off with like my children, of I would. Timmy. <laughs> well, if children, Timmy. No, your, your it, children it, it, well, you to go to work. reminds me of the, the parable of the businessman and the Greek <laughs> fisherman. As a. It yeah. doesn't. Is this cats in the cradle? He sleeps is this a, a little, cats in the cradle. It is kind of. I, I no. sleep late. I fish a little. I play with my children. I take a nap. I stroll into the village where I sip some wine and play guitar with my friends. Hmm. That's that. That's that's me. That's a, There's some uh, deep meaning in there, Brandy, but I'm not yeah. sure what well, what it is. You'd have to dig for it. But well, anyway. but speaking of cats in the cradle. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, you know, he gives his son the car keys. All his son wants is the fucking car keys. You know, I think that's being a good parent. He's giving mm-hmm. him the car keys. Why does he have to complain about that, Randy? And a six pack. Here you go. <laughs> I didn't know he Take asked a six it. pack of Bud with you. <laughs> I didn't know he asked because it. Chuck is a bitcher. <laughs> <laughs> Let me introduce a man who is. I don't uh, know why people think he's the funniest. <laughs> well, he's I don't known. Know why people think he's the funniest. Well, he's known, he's known as morning, a, uh, he's known, I, he, I know he's been called a, uh, an oasis brandy in the desert of despair. A he man we look to, in these, a man that we look to in these trying times, a man who is uh, considered a moral compass of the podcast, the Yoda of podcasting, the very honor. And, and there's oh. a movement afoot to get him promoted to, uh, what, what, what do they want to promote Cows. you to Colonel? Attack to account, Brandy. Count Colonel. You know Count what? Colonel. How about a foot up his ass? How about that? The very honorable, the uh, Reverend Colonel Charles Beauregard, Hawk Walters the mm. Third, affectionately known as mm. the Southern uh, Southern Gentleman. Colonel, maybe we could call you Count. Uh, maybe you could be like a Count that they just a, a bereaved Count, like when they're in the army and they just promote you during times of war. You could be like that, Colonel. That will work for me, Timmy. Okay. And uh, you, the oh. other name that Stephen Potts has given me, because he is he listens to the show regularly, and he was talking among some fellow dweebs and 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 other people in in the podcast world, but he said you're basically the mailman of of podcasting. Why would he? Because Oh, uh, why? Why? You always That's deliver. Why? He said, oh, you should be the man because you always deliver. Your thoughts on that, Brandy? No. Bullshit. You know, uh, Brandy time went by so quickly. It really uh, did. It did. <laughs> it's amazing. It, really and yet, it still seemed like we spent too long on it. <laughs> so, Chuck time's over. <laughs> so, should we go into the story? Make yes. our listener Make our listeners happy, our four listeners happy. Let's talk uh, about that. The people who great. don't like the banter to me, we're, we're, <laughs> we should tell you, okay, 
If you don't like bad language, get the fuck out of here, okay? We got to <laughs> tell you that first. That's our disclaimer. Just get the fuck on out of here, all right? Go to your Tupperware party tonight or whatever you go. damn got going on. Tupperware party. <laughs> I don't know. You can't cuss at Tupperware parties. Apparently, it's a rule. They they put it in the bylaws. So you you got thrown out of a Tupperware party is what you're telling us. I did. <laughs> apparently, there's no fornicating at a Tupperware party. Hmm. They get mad when you you know pee in the fornicate Tupperware too. with yourself. They do. Hmm. <clears throat> well, hey, I mean, someone's got to do the brandy. There's nothing like a good. Well, it's like that. Young Frankenstein, when you're fornicating alone, I mean, you know, really, who you know who, who, who knows you like you do? Toys, really, right? And mm. who loves me like I do? No one, no right. one at all. Yeah. So if I'm gonna make <laughs> absolutely sweet, nobody, sweet, if I'm gonna make sweet, sweet, sweet love to me, mm-hmm. the partner that I'm gonna choose is myself. Mm. You can't hold hands with God if you're masturbating, Colonel. <laughs> That's true. You know, to me, now just real quickly, this reminds me of the parable of the no, one-armed Judah. He's the only one that talk about he's the only one that listens to himself. <laughs> That's the problem. Yeah, he can't shut up enough to get somebody to fornicate with him. Although this one, I think, I see, I think they should have kicked this kid out of the tournament because it was so. This this. Ten-year-old boy Can we to please talk about judo. stealing Abraham this is, this is an corpse. important one, devil. An important it's important, it's important no, Randy. It's important. It's important. It's you know the the amount of shit that comes out of his face that's important you could fit in a thimble. So if, <laughs> if you would listen to me, maybe you'd learn. Um, I know. No, no, no. Okay, Colonel, yeah. quickly, quickly, Colonel. Go ahead. This is a quick one. Ten-year-old boy it's wants not. to study judo, despite the fact that he less left his left. Lost his left arm in a devastating car accident to me. Devastating car accident, Brandy. He's looked up parables. So he went <laughs> to uh, He's Googled parables. And he uh, <laughs> he goes to his Japanese master. The boy was doing well. Mm-hmm. And he struck um, but he couldn't freedom. understand why after three months of training, the master only taught him one move. Mm-hmm. And the master said, it's the only move you're going to be able to do. You only got one arm. <laughs> but he believed in the in the teacher. So several months later, the sensei took the boy to the first tournament. You know, uh-huh. and the boy I... easily won his first two months matches. Mm-hmm. Now the third match proved to be a little bit more difficult. But after some time, his opponent became impatient, charged the boy, deftly used his one arm and won the match. Now the boy's amazed by his success. Right mm-hmm. now, this time his opponent was bigger, stronger, more experienced, and for a while the boy appeared to be overmatched. I now, feel like concerned, this. The boy might get hurt. Short. The referee called a timeout. Mm-hmm. And the sensei said, You are going to let them continue. And he beat the bigger boy, and he was the champion. And on the way home, the boy and the sensei reviewed every move in every match. And the boy summoned up the courage to ask what was really on his mind. And the, or, and the, and the sensei, he said to the sensei, how did I win this tournament with only one move? And the sensei said, you won for two reasons. First, you've almost mastered one of the most difficult throws in all of judo. Mm. And second, the only defense for that move is for your opponent to grab your left arm. 
The boy's biggest weakness has become our best, his best strength. Now, what I would like to see on this podcast, Devil, are you fucking kidding? Is our greatest weakness turn into are one you of our greatest joking? strength. So do that you was think the you goddamn what? <laughs> what would you Don't consider our greatest, greatest weakness? weakness. <laughs> fucking kidding! I, our greatest our greatest weakness, weakness. ill nature, Jimmy. <laughs> Yeah, that's so it. maybe we could turn that into our greatest strength, and it's it would help the podcast. Calm if you're we'd have more slapping. than seventy-two listeners. <laughs> okay, Carol. Well, thank you. Maybe for that. we could get put on the local news, like some of the other podcasts are doing. Maybe we <laughs> have to do something good. Podcast. You right, think we could get a wiki page? Because I just want a wiki page. That's all I want in life. Well, Chuck's ever. probably in charge of that too. So no, we can't. I'm so, not in charge of getting us a wiki page. So, Brandy, it's almost okay, like we're in, coming along. Brandy, it's almost like we're in a room with Abraham Lincoln with uh, with the Colonel and his parables. Yeah, it's not like that at all. <laughs> Brandy, have you ever wondered why the Secret Service, an agency established to investigate counterfeiters, you ever wonder why that how they become responsible for protecting the President of the United States? No. Uh, well. If but you tell have, me about it anyway. <laughs> if you have wondered, we're, the story is going to shed some light on it because we're okay. edu- we're an educational podcast, Colonel, um, and uh, everyone can uh, take something away from this podcast and use it in their daily lives. Um, Abra- Abraham Lincoln. Now listen up, Devil. You might learn something. We are an educational oh, for podcast. For fuck's sake, we're going to put. We, you know, we need to be moved to the educational channel in iTunes, Simmy. We really do. No, we don't. No. Now, listen up. You might learn something. You know, if there was a podcast, a category of banter. We'd be there. We'd be there, but we'd still suck. Abraham Lincoln was one of the most celebrated and uh, beloved presidents in U.S. history, Brandy. His assassination uh, in April of 1865 uh, sent a nation into mourning and was followed by two, a two-week funeral tour by train car. Uh, the funeral, Sweet. the funeral. I would like a procession when I when I uh, leave this uh, coil. Can you arrange that, Colonel? Can you arrange a uh, tour? Timmy, of, I've of got. Dweebland he can't Army. arrange a YouTube channel. He can't arrange his furniture. Carriages. He cannot arrange anything. I would like a funeral train procession uh, throughout Dweeb Nation. Can you can you arrange Timmy, that, it's Colonel? It's going to be better than that. I've got eight Irish stallions, Timmy, all lined up. Now, not yeah. those fake Irish what? stallions that come from England and have. You know Irish last names. These are real Irish stallions, Timmy. Hmm. You, know you got them lined up already. I mean, I'm not even sick. Well, you won't buy a pack, you won't buy a book of stamps. Yeah, you can't throw it any time. You can't be too careful with this stuff, not hmm. Well, thank you, Colonel, for taking the initiative there. To, I, uh, Irish stallions get booked up quick. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. And he got a gr- and he got a group on. Well, I did get a group on, Timmy. How, how long do you think it will be before you go, Timmy? Just hopefully a long time, Colonel. I, 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 you know, I, I'm not even. I don't even. I haven't even. I don't even have a cough. Well, Wait a okay, minute. Well, we have the over under on that yet? Yeah. We need well, to start the dead. I am a baron. Show some respect. Well, Timmy. Now, 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 
Dottie's doing pretty well and she's in good health. Mm-hmm. And your father did pretty well for mm-hmm. a long, long time. Yeah, until he died. Until he died. But mm-hmm. your uh Yeah, my father my father lived to be uh, eighty seven. My mom's eighty seven now, so I should live to be like a hundred and twelve or so. Eighty seven. Your father was one of those uh, World War II guys, Jimmy, wasn't he? He was. He, was. he served in World War II. Yes, uh, wait a minute. But what we're, what we're not taking to, into account is that Timmy runs into cars as he's walking. Well, that's true. Yeah, they, they we're can, not taking that. In. Well, so, anyway, I want I a mean, funeral car procession uh, or a funeral train procession, Colonel, uh, through Dweeb Nation. If you can arrange that for me, I would appreciate it. Uh, otherwise, this is a morbid conversation because if I you could get by the and alcohol. the Pips to be there, that'd be great. Well, I hope I outlive them. They're like. Hundred now, but anyway, I don't know. Let's, let's go back to Abraham Lincoln, shall we? His assassination in April of 1865. You remember that, Brandy? Sent a nation into mourning. The fuck? And was followed by a two-week funeral tour by train. He took the tour that he took uh, to his inauguration. You know, four years before that, he took the same route home. He went to ten cities, Brandy. Uh, and they had ceremonies in 10 cities where they removed his coffin and his remains were viewed in Baltimore, Harrisburg, Philadelphia, New York City, Albany, Buffalo, Cleveland, a pair with Karen. I wonder if Karen, uh, Karen was there for that. Uh, Columbus, Cebus, as those of us who hang out in Columbus uh, call it. Indianapolis and Chicago, so he didn't come to Cincinnati. So if you, you know, you want to see, the bus run to Columbus, Timmy? It wasn't a bus; it was a train. So if you, no, I'm to, saying, does your bus run to Columbus? No, I just take a metro. Bus. Just got, no, C bus, C bus, yeah. I that's what that's why all of us cool people hang out. C bus, high, high it's, street. It's, it's like the natty. Yeah, C bus up Natty. There. Mean Mister Mustards, Brandy. What? Have you ever been to Mean Mr. Mustard's in Columbus? Yes, I have. I have. They used to have ACDC night on uh, Sundays. I always thought it was uh, a, the group, rock group, but it wasn't. It was something else. So anyway, uh, where, where, where was I at? Oh, the funeral train procession traveled more than 1,600 miles. You'll get that later. And visited, visited some 400 cities and towns. Uh, before the great emancipator was uh, laid to rest, well, kind of laid to rest, in his hometown of Springfield, Illinois. Have you ever been in Springfield, Colonel? I've been there. Of course he has. I've been there. If you've ever, if you ever get a chance to go to Springfield, really check it out because it's really cool. They have Lincoln's. Uh, there's a little area of town. It's um, uh, with Lincoln's house, and it's set up just like it was in. You know, before he, in 1860, before he went to Washington. It's really a cool thing to visit. So if you ever get a chance to visit it, I would recommend it. But anyway, what's the chirping? I hear chirping in the background. Are one of you chirping? Do one well, of you have a bird? Me, I'm much like Cinderella, Timmy. Walking <laughs> to Snow White, walking through the forest. The animals Cinderella. follow me and, yeah, and just tweet, 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 tweet. That, that, that's just the birds like that the fly fucking, all the time. It's a fucking song of the South in this house. Yeah. Lincoln's body uh, did not find its rest at the end of this uh, procession, Brandy. 
everyone from thieves to politicians tried to take control of his remains, even decades after it was finally buried. This is the McCartell uh, of the journeys taken by Lincoln's corpse over the decades uh, before 1901, when it was at last laid to rest in a 10-foot block made of cement and steel. You think they're going to have to bury my body in some sort of uh, cement and steel to keep out the grave robbers, uh, Charles? I, I think they probably will, Timmy, because as people know, you are the godfather of Connie Lingus. And when you die, somebody, much like Rasputin, and they wanted to, yeah, the Mickey Mantle, they want to, you're, you're going to be like Rasputin, Timmy. You know how Wouldn't it be ironic, Brandy, number? if I died of throat cancer? Wouldn't that be you got ironic? the HPV all up in there, and it started to eat into your tissue. But anyway, uh, that's what you got to worry about, Timmy. Thank, thank you. You got to worry about people coming in and cutting out your body parts. He's right, Brandy. I'm like I'm like a Rasputin. Mm-hmm. Like Rasputin. They want Timmy's amazing member, but your amazing member is your Mickey Mantle thing, Timmy. Yes, my tongue, I guess. President Jesus. Lincoln was shot at Force Theater, Brandy, on April 15, 1865. I had he, heard that. After he was shot, his body was taken to the Peterson boarding home across the street from Ford's Theater, where the president clung to life several hours before succumbing to his injuries the following morning. He was a tough bastard. You take a shot in the back of your head like that and live forever. Live well, he, for had a the, he, had a, he had a top hat, you know. You know his top hat? I'm reading uh, <laughs> a biography on him now. You know his top hat was 23 inches tall, Brandy? You could put a small family I, in there. You could. I was going to say, the, the hat, the closer to God. <laughs> Anyway, after uh, after his after he died, his body was removed from the Peterson boarding house where he died. Uh, he died on Saturday morning, April fifteenth, eighteen sixty five, and he was carried to a guest room in the northeast corner of the second floor of the White House. It was there that uh, Army Assistant uh, Surgeons J. Jarnavier Woodward and Edward Curtis did the autopsy. Brandy. Your you would always that. wondered why they carry him up the steps. They had to, but he was the goddamn president. You can't clear out a room on the first floor. Well, you know, it kind of gets away for it. all the you know visitors. You know, they have to walk around a dead body. And, yeah, people yeah, don't like that. It's, it's bad for business. It's unsightly. A corpse yeah. in the lobby. Yeah. <laughs> it is unsightly, and he was tall, so I mean, he took up a lot of space. Yeah, he did take up a lot of space. Um, you don't get a good Yelp review if there's a dead body in the middle of the room. Yes, she's got a point. Doctor Woodward, Doctor Woodward, you know they should create like a Yelp for government services. That's what, what I'm going to do. I'm going to create that app and make a fortune. Doctor yeah. Woodward pre- uh, proceeded to open the head and remove Lincoln's brain. Uh, to, he was trying to find the bullet, right, the ball. Not finding it uh, easily, they uh, proceeded to remove uh, Lincoln's entire brain. Uh, and when he lifted the brain from the cavity of the skull, suddenly the bullet dropped out and fell. And uh, it went into like a little, you know, basin, a uh, water basin. Here's they the had. thing. Mm-hmm. But here's the thing. Like, 
why? You know what killed him. Why are you just splitting his head open well, now and taking it out? Well, you know, they still do. I assume head. in the middle. I it's assume still, it's in the I mean, middle of the guest room at the northeast well, corner. But of it's the still a murder, floor. right? I mean, it's still a, a crime. So well, yeah, but it. you know what did it? They didn't have like forensics. Well, you hmm. have to have for the caliper and whatever. I yeah. mean, it could have been Mrs. Lincoln for all we yeah. know. Well, right at this point, I mean, at this point, sure. they don't even know who who the assassin was. I guess they had a pretty good idea, but they, they still, yeah, but they still had to, you know, they still had to get gather evidence. It was that guy who leaped off and said, "Sick, simple, tyrannous." Yes, it was John broke his leg. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he should have said his Latin for. I broke my leg, Colonel. That's what he should have said. I think it's well, holy as fuck us. Uh, all right. This her Chuck's grasp of Latin is amazing. <laughs> it's on par with his parables, Brandy. No, yes. Anyway, yes. after the autopsy was complete, uh, they made an incision in Lincoln's, another doctor made an incision or an embalmer. They had a master embalmer. So, yeah. Make, How'd you make, like that job? <laughs> Then when was that, did it say that on his business card, Master Embalmer? Master Embalmer. Yeah, I don't know. He wasn't just your, you know, run of the mill embalmer. He was a master embalmer, and he wasn't a Padawan. His name was but Henry a Padawan P. Embalmer. His name was P, uh, Henry P. Cottrell. Uh, his friends called him Hank Brandy. Yeah, he of made course a, they did. He made an incision in Lincoln's uh, right upper thigh and pumped in zinc chloride. Giving uh, the president an appearance of a marble sculpture, Brandy. Your thoughts on that? What if that's him sitting in the chair in the Lincoln Memorial? <laughs> well, he was not that tall. That's you don't know that. You weren't there. Mm. They had to. They he had was a vampire to, killer. They had to yes. make sure he was really dead. Because yeah. Lincoln was a hypochondriac through his life. And often he <laughs> well, they, when they put the embalming fluid in him, that was pretty much pretty much sealed the deal there. Yeah, but I mean, every it's like every other day, Lincoln was talking about being dead. I think I'm dead. I think I'm it. It, it, it much reminds me of the parable of the boy who cried wolf. Mm. And we all know that. Oh, no. yes, we do. So <laughs> shut up about it. I'm dead. I'm dead. I'm dead. So they finally they had to take out his brain to really realize that he was truly dead. And then they shot him for zinc oxide and said, OK, this time he's really dead. As a final touch, Brandy. Uh, outside, uh, master embalmer uh, Hank Cottrell set uh, Lincoln's mouth in a slight smile, uh, and uh, I guess, uh, and, and, and then dressed him in his Brooks Brothers suit. He just had uh, his suit that he had wore on his second inauguration, which had just happened the previous month. So he didn't get a new suit to be buried in, but he did get. To use, uh, he only wore it once, so it's almost a new suit. Uh, while workers went to work on building a platform that would hold Lincoln's coffin in the East Room of the White House, Lincoln was moved to a newly built solid walnut coffin. Um, by the evening of Monday, April seventeenth, uh, President Lincoln was ready for his uh, official first official viewing, and on Tuesday, that Tuesday, uh, the eighteenth of April. More than 25,000 people, Brandy, passed by his coffin to pay their respects. I would like to lay in state, Colonel. Can you make that happen? It's Can already I arranged, Timmy. I, uh, I, I already talked to the president. He has pre-approved it, Timmy. 
Thank you. Thank you, <laughs> thank you Colonel. Thank you for doing that. Yeah. Now, you know, later on, he's going to say, I, you know, I never really liked him, but mm. I let him have the funeral in him, and I didn't get a thank you. Hmm. But now, Timmy, here's an interesting thing. Yes. Where Is do it? you think the chair? I doubt it. That Lincoln was sitting in when he was shot. It's it, it's in a uh, famous national place, but not where you would think. Where do you think it is, Timmy? I think it is Ford's Theater. It is in Ford's Theater, and I have seen that chair. Well, that's wonderful, but I, I think everyone would have thought that it was there. Why would you think it's anywhere else? No, it's in Ford's Theater in Detroit, Timmy. That's what's confusing. <laughs> Ford has a theater, a museum in Detroit. <laughs> Henry didn't. Ford has, yeah, oh, no, that's a true thing. Uh, okay. Henry Ford has a big, in Dearborn, Michigan, has a big. So it's not, um, so it's not in Ford's Theater in Washington, D.C. It's no, in Henry it's in Ford's Museum. Henry Ford's Theater in That is D- also Michigan. where uh, Kennedy's car is. The car I feel dumber is. for having heard that. <laughs> <laughs> I don't, you know. See, you're not open to new knowledge. That's the, it's, it's, it's he's it's, dropping it's, some knowledge on us, Brandon. Yeah, it's, it's like the parable of the two wolves. You got two <laughs> ignorant wolves in First of all, quit saying wolves. Two ignorant wolves. <laughs> what two did he say, Brandon? Wolves. Wolves. <laughs> <laughs> you got I must say, wolves. when you pick on someone uh, mispronouncing words, I kind of like that. As long as it's not me. Yeah. <laughs> well, there's a lot to get to. So there was a private viewing uh, later that Tuesday evening on the 18th. Uh, and then at 10 minutes past noon on Wednesday, Lincoln's funeral service began. Following the two-hour service, they closed the lid on Lincoln in preparation for his funeral procession that led uh, to the Capitol where thousands more would shuffle past to view his coffin. On Friday morning, April 21st, this is what, six days after he died, his body was escorted to the Baltimore and Ohio Railroad train station for his long journey back home to Springfield, Illinois. Uh, I go with him. uh, You know what? I don't know. They had his son. I think she perhaps did. They had his son on the train, you know, his son Willie that had died. Well, I'll get to that in a second. You're jumping ahead. President Bo- uh, Lincoln's body uh, then was em- embarked on a two-week, 1,600-mile journey uh, by train, uh, and he he did not make the tour alone. Uh, the body of his son, Willie, uh, Willie Lincoln, who died in 1862 uh, of typhoid fever when he was just 11 years old. He died in, in the White House. Um his son's body made the trip back with him. So they exhumed Willie's body and Willie and his father made the tour. Now, as I said, it went to 10 different, they, they were viewing in 10 different cities, although the train went through 400 cities uh, in small towns on the way home. The tour gave the country a final chance to mourn one of its most beloved and youngest presidents. I think he was 56 when he died, which is kind of weird. You know, it's kind of weird. He looks 100 years old. I know. All the time. He really aged in in the four years that he was president. But it makes me, you know, he was younger than me because I'm older now than he was when he died. That's always kind of freaky. 
But anyway, he uh, and he's almost you're almost that age as well, Brandy. The train made a snake. Uh, no. no, 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 I'm not. <laughs> it went through 400 train stations and a lot of in uh, uh, a lot of t- small towns and things. People just went out to the train station, right, to to say goodbye, pay their respects. Uh, but in the larger cities like Philadelphia, New York, in the cities I mentioned earlier, they stopped and actually had viewings. And they arrived at the Oak Ridge Cemetery in Springfield, Illinois, on May 3rd, 1865. So a couple weeks had gone by, Brandy, by the time he well, left sure. Washington, time he arrived home in Illinois. Uh, well, he went on a two-week tour. Yeah, well, the body started decaying. I'll get to that in a minute. An extensive schedule of public viewing uh, coincided with the train journey, as I said. And um, Lincoln's body was on display in in 10 cities. The method allowed hundreds of thousands of people to pay their last respects. Lincoln's body was kept in a special funeral car that was refrigerated. um, But it began to decay by the time they got to New York City. And uh, viewers, uh, you know, they started to notice the decay and were disturbed by and it. And smell it. Yeah. 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 And, and Lincoln was a uh, well-endowed man, Timmy. I don't know. <laughs> now, you've heard the stories of Lyndon Johnson and the bombing of oh Hanoi and Cambodia. Said, Why did you do this? Lincoln. So Lincoln is a little known fact because well, it's the Johnson's story because people won't know what you're talking about. Okay, so well, Johnson had done some illegal bombing and he was with an informal session with a reporter and uh, they asked him why he bombed it. Uh, and Johnson proceeded to unzip his pants and drop his prodigious member onto the table, point to it, and said, That is why I bombed them. So basically well, what got a people big don't know, Timmy, what people do not know hmm. is when we it's the end of this story. to stop the Civil War, hmm. people ask Lincoln, don't you know what Lincoln did not do is? the same thing? Why did you do this? <laughs> Lincoln unzipped his pants, dropped no. his massive penis on the table and said, that's why I did it. God damn it. I don't think that happened. <laughs> it's a little known fact well, because you it's only need known to, study to you. your history a little bit better. <laughs> This is stuff they you don't learn in history. I think I'm going to be a guest on that show here soon, so I can tell more <laughs> stories like that. I bet you're uh, not. I, I bet they won't have you as my guest, but you know, the plot the plot to kill Lincoln's uh, to, to, to kidnap Lincoln's remains was conceived by some local idiots, Brandy, in 1876. So now he's now home. Judgmental. Right? He's buried, and he's just buried in the cemetery, a grid cemetery in Springfield, Illinois. Uh, no protection. And I mean, it's just like a regular, you know, cemetery. But uh, these uh, idiots, um, when you hear this story, Judgy. you realize, well, you realize why well, they're idiots. But anyway, they conceived a plan to steal Lincoln's remains. Um, these would-be body snatchers, uh, uh, Brandy, planned to steal the former president's body and then demand a ransom uh, which would include a reduced uh, prison sentence for well-known counterfeiter Ben Boyd. Ben Boyd, uh, Brandy, was a notorious engraver, 
you know, counterfeiting was a real problem in the 19th century. In fact, it was a real problem during the war because, you know, it was undermining the economies, both North and South, right? Because um, counterfeiters were rampant. So Lincoln, boy. So Lincoln um, created the uh, Secret Service to um, combat, combat counterfeiting. One of the greatest uh, counterfeiters in the country was a guy named Ben Boyd, who was, I guess was uh, just like a one of the greatest engravers and could make uh, money, uh, you know, could make it just like it looked. So, like the real thing. So, Lincoln he started... The, he was the Mickey Mantle of uh, well, oh my yeah. god! Except Mickey, Mickey Mantle, Mantle die in peace. Mickey Mantle wasn't alive then, but yeah, it was before Mickey yeah. Mantle. But you're right. But anyway, he um, he was arrested when the Secret Service was um, was uh, established. Then they went after Ben Boyd and they arrested him, and he got a ten year prison sentence in uh, Joliet, Illinois. So he's sent up the river now. So he's serving his time, but you know when he went to jail, it interrupted the whole counterfeiting operation, right? Because there was a lot of small-time crooks who depended on Ben Boyd uh, to, you know, to counterfeit money, That's so they smart. could, because so they could distribute it, right? So when he went to prison, they were out of business. So a gang of them in 1876. Got together to uh, plan a, to kind of come up with a reason how or a plan to get Ben Boyd out of prison early. So they. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff: shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods, all at fifty to eighty percent less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Could go back to counterfeiting. One of the guy's names was Big Jim Kinley, Brandy. Big Jim. You think they big called Jim. him Big Jim? Yeah. Think they called him Big Jim because he had a big penis, Brandy? I bet he was just tall. Oh. Well, anyway, Big Jim um, decided he was going to get a group together to break Ben Boyd out of prison. But um, after... 
researching it, he found out that the prison was guarded and (laughs) it was not going to be an easy task. He thought about um, then bribing the guards, uh, but that he tried that. That didn't work out. So he had to come up with a new plan to get Ben uh, Boyd out of prison. And uh, so that is how the plan was developed to kidnap Lincoln's body. So go ahead, Brandy, and tell us. It, it, it seems that they didn't really think this through. Yeah, they're kind of shocking. Yeah, they're kind of idiots. This really reminds me of the parable of the three frogs, Timmy. Okay, Colonel. (laughs) Now you've got three frogs sitting on a log, Timmy. Uh huh. And one makes they did a beer commercial, right? To leap into the pond. Okay. Uh Now, how many frogs do you have sitting on that log now? I'm sorry. What did you say? You have three frogs on a log, and one makes the decision to leap into the pond. Uh, You have two. No, Timmy. No. See, this is is an important parable for you. Okay. It's a parable about listening. Uh I did not say he leaped into the pond. I said he made the decision to leap into the pond. He oh, did not Brandy. Leap into the pond. Brandy, do not jump to conclusions. That's a very not good parable. Listen, don't jump to conclusions, devil. That's very Keep good your parable. Mind open to knowledge. Yes. And another one, just to <laughs> help you a little bit, just you know to what? help you a little bit, devil. It's, no. Uh, yes, it's, it's, about, it's, it, it's about Zen, devil. And, and this is important to you. So a Zen master walks in. And he uh, pours his student a cup of tea, and in uh, and, and the student says, "What Didn't is what this? is Zen all about? Tell me about Zen." And the master just keeps pouring and pouring and pouring and pouring until the cup's overflowing, just spilling everywhere. And he says, "Master, what are you doing?" And he says, "I'm explaining Zen." And he says, "Well, I don't understand it." And he said, "Of course you don't understand it, because much like this cup." You can't understand it until you empty your mind and you're open to other knowledge. Is that the same one you said a while ago about the coffee? Because that sounded kind of no. Similar. This is tea. Well, this yeah, is there's a lot. There's a lot with coffee and tea. I never heard so many parables with coffee and tea. <laughs> okay, Brandy, go on with Big Jim Kinley. So desperate times call for desperate measures. Big Jim decided that the only way the federal government would release Ben Boyd would be if the crooks could offer them something in exchange for his release. Thus, the plot to steal Lincoln's corpse was hatched. It was hatched, Colonel. Sounds like a dastardly plan to me, Timmy. Yes. To pressure the governor, to pressure the governor to release his man, Big Jim recruited two members of his gang, Terrence Mullen, a saloon keeper, and Jack Hughes, a sometime manufacturer of counterfeit nickels. That can't be easy. <laughs> Who the fuck would make nickels? I they think that they... <laughs> a half dollar for fuck's sake. You probably use more material than you do, you know, than it's worth. Right? Uh, you would think. Yeah, right, and what are you going to say? Hey, I'll, I'll give you, you know, these fake nickels for four cents on the nickel. I mean, you got to, if you want your profit margins to go up, you got to get up into the, at least the half dollars, Timmy. Yeah. I, I agree. I can make Colonel. half dollars in my garage. 
Okay. Of course but you go do. ahead. I digress, devil. You keep no. digressing. All right. So this dumb bastard makes nickels. Let's see. Where did I go? All right. Um, for ransom, they would demand $200,000 in cash. That would be a little over $4 million today. That's a and lot a of nickels. Full pardon, a full pardon for their friend and engraver, Ben Boyd. Okay, so they not only do they want him released, they want four million dollars in cash. So they're not, and mm-hmm. they're not messing around. You know, but if well, they would have got the four million dollars, what would they have needed Ben Boyd to make money for? Well, they want to keep me, and they want to get back in business with their operation. Yeah, four million dollars does not go that far anymore, right, Brandy? Well, that's true. Well, that's true. Four million dollars so, is not what it used to be. Mm. Mm. So, given the cemetery's minimalist approach to security, what the fuck? Cemeteries are not guarded. They're dead. Yeah, perhaps they should be. They well, should be. The gang, the gang actually had a better than even chance of pulling off the heist. The plan was well you thought know, out. You know, Colonel. So some... Either they're idiots or they're or it's well thought out. You're going so... you're going off both ends here, Colonel. When I think of you, I think of you know some men look at the way things are. And say why. And you look at things that have never been, Colonel, and still say why. Or something like that. I look at Chuck and say why. (laughs) Continue, Brandy. All right. So their plan was to enter Lincoln's tomb under the cover of night, remove his body, carry it hundreds of miles away, bury it, then contact authorities to demand money and a full pardon. Sounds like a good plan to me. Well, there we go. The kidnappers go wrong. Well, the kidnappers would leave an edition of the front page of the Catholic Union and Times published in England inside the tomb. Uh, Police would no doubt find the paper, file it away as evidence, and the crooks could use it to assure the police that they were indeed the real kidnappers. Which makes no sense because Lincoln was a Lutheran, Timmy. So why would they put the Catholic Times in that? Continue, Brandy. They defiled They're, his grave with the Catholic paper. He's a loser. He would not be oh happy my God. about that. Their I don't plan, think he was religious, was he? I don't think he was religious. I don't think he was real happy being dead. But, you know, I, I think the newspaper that they put in his place is the least of Lincoln's problems. <laughs> okay. Can, when, do you uh, think he was unhappy being dead? I f- I'm pretty sure he was. Of course, Mary Todd was crazy. So, you know, maybe he was happy about it. Uh, their plan was quite elaborate. They would meet in Springfield, steal the body. Load do you it think he? You think you think uh, Mary Todd Lincoln stayed fresh, Brandy? Oh no, I think she didn't. <laughs> she was crazy, Timmy. So you she don't was, think she stayed fresh? No, no, no. Everybody knows that about Mary Todd Lincoln. That's another thing they don't teach you in history class. <laughs> Continue, Brandy, please. Yeah. All right, so let's see. They would use relays of horses, speed it some 200 miles to the sand dunes bordering the southern tip of Lake Michigan, just southeast of Chicago. That's where you go for a vacation, isn't it, Colonel? Sand dunes in Michigan? I do go to the sand dunes of Michigan. I Mm -hmm. love the sand dunes of Michigan. There's not a more beautiful place in the world, Timmy. Well, that's where they was going to bury Lincoln's body while he was on the lam. Yeah, it seems like... Be easy to dig up there. And if the wind blows real good, you just got an exposed Lincoln body there. Mm. Continue, Brandy. All right. 
they would bury the body, carefully triangulating the site against permanent landmarks so that they could find it again, and then wait for the government to meet their demands. Well, they didn't have GPS back then. Well, so after weeks of intensive planning, everything was set for the heist of the century. But they made a significant mistake. Nobody had body snatching experience. Well, I feel like... <laughs> you know, it's hard to come by. I mean, that's that's, that's very. There's specific. not a body snatching school. Yeah, I mean, you know, that's a very specific skill set. Well, and you don't so, really snatch a body that old. To me, you lift it carefully. That's mm-hmm. a misnomer. It should be body lifting because you snatch a body like that, it just comes to pieces, crumbles all up in your hands. <laughs> yeah, he's got a point, Brandy. He's got a point. I guess. They invited a guy named Louis Sweggles, who they thought was a grave robber, to help. Uh, but they made a really bad choice because Sweggles was a paid informant of the Secret Service. Mm. He played Damn. his part as double agent well, reporting every detail of the plot to his boss, Patrick D. Trell, chief of the Chicago District Office of the Secret Service. On the night of November 7th, 1876, Lewis accompanied Mullen and Hughes to Oak Ridge Cemeteries. Cemetery. Terrell and his agent were lying in wake for them at Lincoln's tomb. Witness, witnesses for the comedy of errors that soon began. So although these two dipshits, Mullen and Hughes, were career criminals, they couldn't pick a lock. Seriously? Well, Ser- they couldn't pick a lock. I don't know. I, I don't know. I mean, I, I, they're they're like those kids who have an egg for a baby, and at the end of the day or end of the week, only one of them's got the egg. Yeah. But no, they're not like that at all. They can't pick a lock. They're just like that, Randy. Yes, they're not like, like that. that. They're not like that at all. How are you criminals and you can't pick a lock? Well, I mean, Jesus Christ. All right. So, so they had to cut through the padlock with a, a file. I thought you was talking about a rock, devil. I'm sorry. No, a lock. <laughs> Jesus. Never once mind. Inside, yeah. Once inside the tomb chamber, they found they couldn't lift Lincoln's 500-pound cedar and lead coffin. Really, guys? Well, that, that's pretty heavy, Brandy. You have to admit that. Well, that's fine. You know, Jesus Christ. While trying in vain to lift the heavy coffin, it shifted, slamming into Terrace Mullen's knee, making him cry out in pain. Ooh. When Jack Hughes, well, when Jack Hughes tried to help his friend, the coffin shifted again, landing on Jack's foot, breaking three toes. <laughs> now it was Jack oh, Hughes' well, turn yeah. to scream out in terrible agony. <laughs> <laughs> this seems like a painful plan. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't well thought out. I don't think these did not. You know what? They here's here's the biggest problem. I think they. They chose their partners poorly to me in this whole thing. I mean, they, they, when, you, when you're doing something, and, and this is a lesson I want to teach you, devil. Mm. If, you, if you would just listen here. It, it reminds me much of the parable of the mouse, the frog, and the hawk. Yeah, now, let you me know tell that you one, right? No, <laughs> let me tell you something. I haven't combed my hair in two days. You think I'm in the mood to listen to your bullshit? But this is important, devil. It's important. It's not. This can can change your life, devil. It's important. 
No, a, a, no. a mouse who'd always lived on the land. He, he, one day he comes into a frog, and this frog's intent on mischief. So Wait a minute, he comes into a frog? <laughs> he, he runs into a frog, and this frog is not the most well I like the other frogs. So I like the other story better. To capture the, the, the mouse. And he does. Frog so did. He, he ties, yeah, he ties a little mouse to his foot. Well, if the mouse he, came inside him, you might want to hang on to him in case you get pregnant. Now listen, this <laughs> is important. It's about choosing your friends carefully, devil. I have done a piss poor job of that, clearly. <laughs> I know, and I'm trying to change that. So he ties a little mouse to his frog. You're trying foot. to change it? I could hang up this call and change it. And he, and he, and he takes the mouse everywhere he goes. And then one day he jumps into the pond. And he so now they're a couple. Mice aren't great at swimming, but he's tied to the frog's foot. And he's sputtering and he's choking. And he's How did he tie him? Can the frog, frogs don't have thumbs. How did he tie him to Guys, his foot? They got little fingers. Now listen to me here. With what? So the With what? What kind? Drowned. What did he use? What kind of knot did he, he use? What kind of rope did they have? You don't need. I don't understand. <laughs> well, I feel like I feel like grass is easily breakable. Like he didn't have a little piece this of string why or something lying around. Two parables, devil, because you don't understand basic things. So the <laughs> I don't frog, understand how. I, I, I'm still back on the mouse came in the frog. That's all I'm saying. Who the frog? It feels like the logistics the of all that. Came upon a frog. I feel like the logistics of that are messed up. Because the frog, wouldn't he just slip off the frog? His frog is Are you, you going to try to learn, devil? Are you going to try to no, see? This is your I'm problem. actually not. You're try to learn. I'm actually well, not going to try and learn. Timmy, what I'm trying to learn you about these grave robbers. Well, and you this, won't let this me. is about choosing your friends carefully. Again, I have done a horrible job of that. The body. No, if they had, you know, well, they have thumbs. They could have tied somebody to them, I guess. Okay. But listen, the frog has our, no thumbs. Right now, our listeners are on the edge of their seat wanting to hear about this frog and this mouse. They're not. So well, I want to hear more about finish. why the mouse thought it was a good idea to come inside the frog. He came upon the frog. Oh, upon so he pulled frog. out. So he pulled out. Rhythm method. So it came up on him. Jumps into Get it slide right off. Gross. Swimming around. The mouse drowns. Now well, that would sway the frog down. The now remember, that frog, to the frog should just cut bait. They should have well, just cut bait. I mean, it's a blade of grass. It could just break that. As he was getting ready to do that, do you know what happened? Um, a hawk swooped down, grabbed the mouse, but the mouse was still tied to the frog and the hawk ate the mouse and the frog. And you know what the lesson in that parable is? Well, what is the Colonel? hawk should have just got out his pocket knife hang and cut that off. Wisely. Uh, he's got a good point, Brandy. Well, he the frog... You can't again, teach this girl anything. Again, the frog could have just got out his pocket knife and split that. Just cut the rope. That's ridiculous. It seems to me like That's the frog is stupid. That's the thing I ever heard. Is it... Because I just sat through this bullshit story about <laughs> a mouse coming on a frog, and then all of a sudden the frog has thumbs and tied himself to the mouse to drag this mouse all over the place, and then they fall in love or become some kind of buddy cop show, and then all of a sudden they're flying through the air, and the frog, with no thumbs, is still tied to this fucking mouse. It's That's fucking right. dumb. I'm done with your stories. Can we get to these idiots? Yeah, please, please Randy. Please continue. Hey, if, you would just, if you would just quit ranting on and do it, yeah. So. Good. So, Terrell and his officers lay in the wait. Just ate out- both of them. 
It's choosing your friends wisely is what it's about. But I don't understand what that has to do with cho- choosing friends because if I'm with the two of you <laughs> and you're my you got friend Larry, and, we get, and we get stranded somewhere, I will eat both of time. you. I will yeah. eat both of you. You've got more meat on you, so you would go first, and Tim and I would feast on your bones. I'm it just letting not. you know. If, yes, he would. If we're in a Donner situation, absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> Continue, Brandy. Continue with the story. All right, so Terrell and his officers lay in wait just outside the tomb. Mm-hmm. When one of the officers heard the men, men heard the man's cry, the men's cry, whatever, he attempted to pull his revolver from his latched holster. The pistol went off inside the holster, shooting the officer in the shin. Ooh. See, there's Mo. We had Blairy, Curly, and now Mo. Well, so he shot himself in the shin. So these guys heard the gunshots. And the officers scream, and it startled them because, duh, Mullen and Hughes slowly bolted. Uh, but it wasn't much of a getaway. They ran into the darkness, limping and screaming in pain. However, <laughs> well, wait a minute, but here's the best part. I would However, love to see that. They were able to outrun Terrell's men. Well, goddamn, yeah, because they were shooting themselves in the thigh. Uh, Shen. <laughs> And uh, it seems that in the darkness and confusion, the officers captured themselves. <laughs> so they got that going. So it was a Keystone Cop type of deal. Yeah. So, all right, let's see. Uh, but they didn't get that the makes Grave no Robbers. Sense. Choose your friends carefully, Brandy. So it's like the hawk and the mouse. Yeah, whatever. Hawk and the fucking mouse. I'm telling you. Uh, but the grave robbers didn't get far. Uh, they went straight back to their local saloon where they licked their wounds and told every patron who would listen about their daring attempt. Well, good thing they're keeping it low key. Jack Hughes's dumbass went to a local doctor to get treated for his broken toes and told the doctor of his foiled attempt to kidnap, to kidnap Lincoln's body. The doctor immediately reported it to the police and Officer Terrell arrested Mullins and Hughes a couple days later. Once captured, Big Jim, Terrence Mullins, and Jack Hughes received modest one-year sentences for extortion and served their time with their friend Ben Boyd in Joliet State Prison. Well, at least and you know what they friend. was probably on? A what? chain gang, just like the mouse and the frog. So it was a the plot was foiled, Brandy, is what you're telling us, basically. Uh, Basically, yes. Mm -hmm. Meanwhile, Jesus, this is like Batman. Meanwhile, back in Springfield, the custodian of the tomb, John Carroll Power, was in a state of panic. If hapless amateurs could come so close to carrying off Lincoln's body, what would happen if a professional body snatcher targeted the tomb? There's a profession that you need to get into. Well, well, you know, that was they were popular back in the day because they would steal bodies and sell them to medical schools, you know, that needed cadavers. Sure. N- not Lincoln's body, of course, because that was, you know, different. But, I mean, it could happen. So they, they were professional grave robbers. Yeah. It was a thing, devil. It was a you thing. You ever open a book? You ever open a book? You have, do you know anything about this era? Anyway, continue, Brandy. Don't don't listen Thank to him. I, I know you. I, I, you're a very smart lady. Continue, please. She's smart. How did she get a How did she get a college degree, Timmy? <laughs> well, that's pretty smart. 
I mean, you know, <laughs> it's, brains. it's uh, I'm not sure it was a brains. It was you, but go ahead, devil. Continue. <laughs> yeah, not all of us can have two high school diplomas. That's right. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> Continue. Uh, the only the only solution Power could think of was to hide the body where no one would find it. So after dark, Power and five friends buried Lincoln in a shallow, unmarked grave in the tomb's basement. Why does the tomb have a basement? Um, in case of floods. In case there's a tornado. tornado. In case, in case is it fortified? <laughs> I don't like the tomb should be okay. In case Dracula happens upon it, needs a place to stay for the night. Yes. Oh well, power made the men kinky swear on their code of honor, never to divulge where Lincoln's body was buried. Yes. Uh, None of the men who buried the coffin that night had known Lincoln, had known him how, that he was president. And, like, seriously? Like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> they were all ordinary guys. One was a railroad ticket agent, another was a hotel keeper, and a third worked as a bank clerk. Yet, it had fallen on them to safeguard the remains of Abraham Lincoln, and they took that obligation seriously, swearing, crossing their heart, and hoping to die. Never to reveal the location of the martyred president's body. In the years that followed, they kept that secret faithfully. Only Lincoln's family was made aware of the body's location. Lincoln's coffin traveled to a number of secret locations in the following years, with the coffin open to confirm that Lincoln's body remained inside twice, between 1876 and 1887. In 1901, under instructions from Robert Lincoln... The president's only surviving child, Lincoln's body was placed inside a steel cage, lowered into a 10-foot deep vault, and buried under tons of wet concrete. Jesus Christ. Uh, construction of the, pre- of the present tomb took 15 months, and during that time, Mr. Lincoln's coffin was in a temporary grave a few feet away. In May of 1901, Robert Lincoln visited the tomb and decided things needed to be changed again. This guy's a peckerhead. Robert didn't want a repeat of the body snatching attempt by Big Jim and his gang. So that's why he had decided about the 10 foot deep encased in concrete. Mm-hmm. Harry Houdini, Superman's not getting out thing here. Yeah. So he did he not want people getting in or did he not want his dad getting out? That is the question. No, I think he didn't want people to steal the body. Well, that is Charles. But, but yes. you know, uh, Abraham Lincoln was a vampire killer. So. Yeah. He was. Yeah. Continue. Charles. Now, Timmy, after all this, mm-hmm. you have to imagine the coffin in this cage was harder than me looking at pictures of Cody DePablo on the internet. Yes. It was just a solid block of rock. Now, Robert's idea for this had come from the burial procedure employed by George Pullman, inventor of the the Pullman sleeping car. Yeah, that guy was loaded. He had a lot of dough. They'd also been concerned about grave robbers, and on September 26, 1901, Timmy, all was ready. Hot, hot. Now, because of the permanency of this burial, a discussion arose amongst those present as to whether the coffin should be opened. Now, some people said he should just be left alone. Some people said we need to verify that he's actually in there. So, they called two plumbers, Timmy. Wow, who else are you going to call, Brandy? Yeah, who else are you going to call? So, Leon, 
and mm. Charles Wiley. Now, also viewing the, the body was Leon's 13-year-old nephew, Fleetwood Lindley. Fleetwood, Fleetwood. Fleetwood. There's a name. Laid if his last Fleetwood. name was Mac, he could start a band. That's he right. Could. That's where Fleetwood Mac came from. Lindsay Bu Lindley Buckingham <laughs> started with Fleetwood Mac. So Charles Wiley of the famous Wiley Coyote family <laughs> slowly chiseled an oblong piece out of the top of the lead line coffin. The piece these two men cut out was just over his head and shoulders. When the casket mm. was open, a harsh, choking, vaginal penis smell arose. To, uh, decaying penis. Oh, man, I bet, that, I bet that would smell, Brandy. Oh, yeah. Did well, yeah. Same Lincoln member? 23 Ugh. people walked forward and peered down. How but many? Lincoln, How many people? 23, Timmy. 23. Okay. Lincoln's features were totally recognizable. His face had a melancholy expression because he was fucking dead. Yeah, I thought the guy, but I, but I thought the embalmer made his made him smile. Didn't we say that? You know, shit changes when yeah. you're dead. Well, I didn't know. I didn't know he that. Smile, but and he probably got pissed. His whiskers had changed it all. The, he still had because they tried to kidnap him. He got mad and. It was yeah, I think he's just like he just got pissed that he kept being moved. Fucker can't yeah. get any sleep. <clears throat> but he was covered in yellow mold. Yellow mold, Brandy. And there was some Ugh. bits of red fabric, and that might have been the remnants of the American flag buried with him. But they were all unanimous in their agreement that the remains were indeed of those of Abraham Lincoln. Mm. After viewing the body, the oblong piece was then soldered back into place. The coffin was lowered into the cage. 4,000 pounds of cement were poured down the Cajun casket, and Lincoln lies 10 feet beneath the floor of his tomb that's visited by more than 1 million people a year. So if we do, if North Korea does decide to lob a bunch of nukes over here, you know who will survive, Timmy? Lincoln's hmm. corpse. Hmm. Wow. wow. As one of and the my people, grandmother's corpse. Yes. Because I can't believe she died. Your grandma? Mean old, yes, mean old lady. Well, but I thought she'd live forever. Is she cremated? No. You I see, I don't want to get. Right? I, you know, I thought about getting cremated, but now I'm thinking in case there's, I could become a zombie. So I don't know if I. I think I want to hold off. Well, see, there goes Chuck and mine's trip because we were going to make a trip to go yeah, scatter we your ashes yeah. somewhere. Yeah, but I want to be a zombie. Be, I can't be a zombie if I'm <laughs> cremated. Okay. It was going to be our Thelma and Louise moment. I guess we're going to have to chop him up into pieces and just make the trip and scatter his parts, devil. Well, well I'm, I'm sure a, his girlfriend will do that. I want a funeral train procession, regardless. Just make wow. sure that happens. Yes. Yeah, you know what? On it. I don't know, devil. Are we are we even in charge of his burial anymore, or have we been replaced? No, I'm you're sure in charge of it. You're in charge of it. I, but I want a I want a uh, funeral train procession. Uh, across the country, like three times, just like well, you know, when Forrest Gump ran all over the country, I want that's the path I want to take. I want to follow Forrest Gump's um, you trail. You want to follow Forrest Gump's path? Yes. Huh. All right. We can Thank do you. that. So, Colonel, you have any? Uh, is there any more well, to this story? There is one of the people who viewed the body was a man named J.C. Thompson, and in 1928, he said. As I came up, I saw the top knot of Mr. Lincoln. 
Because, hey, witness. it would have been cool to see that. Uh, wouldn't it, I mean, it wouldn't have been cool, Brandy. Oh, well, yeah. But no. And he described something that wasn't clear on, and he said it was like a horse's. I'm not really sure no, what he was referring he did to. not say that. <laughs> uh, oh, uh, apparently he was talking about his hair being coarse and thick. Okay, I, that was just clear that up. When I saw him, I knew that it was Lincoln. Anyone who had ever seen pictures and known it was him, his features had not, dec- his features had not decayed. He looked like a statue of himself lying there. And of all the 23 people who viewed the remains and have long since passed away, the last one was Fleetwood Lindsay Mack. Mack. Fleetwood, died yeah. In 1963. Okay, so Jesus died. Christ. How old was he? Well, he saw he was a kid in 1901, right? That was 1901. So I was alive. Colonel, you were alive when he was alive. So the last, so there's a six degree of separation, Brandy, because the Colonel and I were alive the same time as Fleetwood, and Fleetwood had saw Lincoln's remains. So, so you guys are like family. We're we're like yeah, we're like uh, related to Lincoln or something. Sure. Yeah. Right. 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 Yes. Mm. So Lindley had to say, yes, his face was chalky white, his clothes were mildewed, and we were waiting for the concrete to be poured, but I was not scared at the time. I slept with Mr. Lincoln <clears throat> for the next six months. <laughs> I didn't say that. But, no, you know, he did. He, that is what he says. Garden the body. Oh, okay. So he had him in his dreams. So he saw him in his dreams. 75. Okay, so, so he, he was, was 75 when he died, 13 when he viewed the body. He'd been the only child to do so. Now, the duty of protecting the former president's body was assumed by the Secret Service, which Lincoln put into place after he got shot. Right, that was one of Lincoln's last acts. No, he did it when before he, he got shot. Head, he was like, you what know what? You know he what didn't do all the idea is if we had guards <laughs> protecting the president. <laughs> he, did, he, he did do a lot of work after he was shot, Colonel. <laughs> That was, that was his last executive action. <laughs> yes. Let's get a secret service. A couple guys with guns standing around the president, so these <laughs> lunatic motherfuckers can't shoot, keep shooting me. So, well, which, that's fascinating, Colonel. So Lincoln well, does. So his chair is in. Uh, he's in uh, Ford's. Is in Ford's Theater, Henry Ford, in Detroit, Dearborn, Michigan. Nice. Yes, and you know Lincoln's. Oh, Lincoln getting the Secret Service always reminded me, Timmy, of uh, the parable of the the stone in the pond. Timmy, I, I what parable was that, Colonel? Well, Timmy, there's, there's a master teacher, and the student walks up to him. It's a beautiful day, and he's sitting on the edge, of the <sighs> and he throws a rock into the pond, uh-huh. and it creates all kinds of ripples, and then the uh, the master tells the students, stop those ripples. Why and are all these he, masters and students he in does. parables? And he puts his hand in to try to stop him, but he only creates more ripples. Uh-huh. And he says, I do not understand. And he says, see, the key is to Why not is let the rock... Stupid. The key is to not let the rock hit the pond. Take care of your business before bad things happen. Much like Lincoln should have got the <laughs> Secret Service to protect him before bad things happened to him. And yeah. you know, you know my favorite parable, Timmy, about oh. preventing bad things. And it can, well, you know come my rafters, favorite. These, these rafters are on the thing, and they see a, a little baby come 
floating down the river needing help, right? Mm -hmm. So they helped the baby. Then about five minutes later, they see a little baby. Sounds like Moses. And they helped the baby again. And it's another baby. And then after about the fourth baby, the guy come, a guy says, you know what? I got a plan. I'm going to go stand out in the middle of this river and stop all the babies that are coming down, grab them so we don't have to keep running out. And then another guy says, you know what? I got a better plan. I'm going to go upstream and see what motherfuckers throwing these babies into the river. <laughs> Is that you the parable? I, I've, I've got a parable. Prevention, Timmy. Announce of prevention. I I've got a parable. Okay, Brian, I have one. Your... Okay. One day I was sitting at home on a Sunday morning, and then I had to listen to Chuck run his fucking dick sucker <laughs> for an hour and a half, and then I went out and walked into traffic. So thank you very much. <laughs> And the moral of that story is <laughs> don't waste your Sunday mornings listening to Chuck gamber on about parables. Well, Brandy, well, yeah. I, that, I'm sorry, but that don't make any sense to me. Does that, that make any sense? Got to you? sense. <laughs> Not a goddamn bit of sense. A parable, <laughs> see, a parable is supposed to teach First somebody all, a lesson. Tim, devil. It makes you perfect been sense to you. To a goddamn thing I said all day. It's just, it's oh, like my God. You know what? It's Wait a minute. Like, it's, it's You're like fucking right. Yeah, I haven't been listening to a goddamn thing you've said. <laughs> if you and that's how I stay happy something. and get through my day. If, 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 you would, if you would just listen to us. Now, help us help you is all what I'm saying. All right. Help we would like We would like to thank no. all the wonderful people who support us on Patreon. We really appreciate it. If you would like to support us on Patreon, just go to patreon.com slash history dweebs where you can give a little, you can give a lot, or Colonel... Just a wee bit, yes. And now the colonel is going to thank all the wonderful people who support us on Patreon. That's right Jim Seabright, Andrew Scammell, Tommy Lane, Jason Dykes, Malachi, Terry Strafford, Brandy McBride, Jennifer Sabota, Per Westman, Maggie Glover, Gracie's mom, Erica Kenny Hiro, The Comeback Podcast, LK Barnett, Honey, Reen, Marissa Albanese, Bridget Clavy. Who we miss dearly. Yes. Phyllis Monson, the lovely and beautiful Jennifer Riker, Jennifer Riker Smith from Texas. Yes. And speaking of handsome and lovely, Stephen Potts. Yes. Anna Garrett, Ben Dubrovich, Ursula, Clark, and Diane. You know, Diane's been really rough on me in that group here lately, Timmy. She calls me out on everything. And on the Facebook Clark and Diane yeah. Crowbridge. Yeah. If you would like Beth to join our Facebook group, please yes. join us at Facebook. I mean, History Dweebs, the podcast. Char, uh, Charlene Negrin, too, Colonel. You missed her again. No, I got her last week. All right. Continue. And you can, if you join the Facebook group, you can rail on Chuck, too. Yes. It's amazing. And you can learn more of his parables. Yes. Mm. Michelle Jones, who, uh, who is very talented. We found made me out. a sweater. Yes, a yeah, this, she sent you that sweater. That's beautiful. I was yeah, wearing was it really, yesterday yeah. or Friday. People don't send me clothes. People send you clothes, Colonel. Um, they don't, Timmy. Hmm. They don't. Hmm. They don't. Now, I, I mean, I sometimes get panties in the mail. You know, <laughs> continue, like that, but I mean, continue. And then he wears them. <laughs> you it's ordering them from Victoria's Secret don't count. Michelle Johns, Margaret McDonald, Jess, 
the lovely, lovely Leanne Flanagan, who uh, who is in France Lala? right now. She's, She's in, in France. France. Does she have she a job? Does. She travels a lot. I she does a lot. Yeah, of she has a job. Uh, you, but you know what I think her job is? And what? I think she blew up. Traveling? Up, but I, think that, I think she's an agent for MI6. Hmm. Have you ever noticed she's always in different countries to me and then always pretending, oh, I'm just innocent tourist walking she's around? Being, no, she's being an a pair for her brother in France this week. Oh, is she now? Yeah. Okay, but, well. But she's a hairstylist, Brandy. Is she? Mm-hmm. Hmm. I will. I will have to fly to England to get my hair cut. You're not allowed in the country. Continue, Colonel. <laughs> That's true. Do you, have enough, hair to, do you have enough hair to cut? Mike Sadler, Jamie mm-hmm. Dent, Tyrone Marshall, Boris, Stacey Alsop, Jody, and Sean Wells, Amber Anderson. They, of course, they walk among us. Podcast. Lorna Violet, Michael Dale, Kelly Charette, Karen Widener, Callie Jones. Laura Meredith, Jessica Greeno, Mike Brown from The Pleasing Terror, Sarah Bloom, Amber Riley, Laura O'Reilly, Christine Bourgeois, Kimberly Cameron, Elise Edgerton, History Goes Bump, Amber Trevino, Annette Petre, Lise Lahara Lopez, Alicia and Chip Mincy, Marquia Smith, Jeff and Dom, our favorite doctor, and Dawn is a medical professional herself. Very yes. highly well-known nurse. Andrew Happ, Karen Barnes, Rachel Flynn, Shirley Strap, Todd Long, Melissa Montoya, Maja, Shelly Garrett. We ain't saying anything nice about Shelly because she's oh, been quite mean Shelley, to me lately. I really me. like your podcast, but you should dump the funny guy, funny talking guy. Carol Elise, Kristen Malachinsky, Adam McWaters, the Context and Clarity podcast. Timmy, that's another one. fine Kelly one Karen. by Karen. Oh, yes, but dump the other guy. Continue. Yeah, the guy brings her down. Mm. Paula and Christy Lee from Canadian True Crime. Charlie, like from Angela like Santos. the mouse tied to the frog. <laughs> yeah, Lydia. Yeah. Choose, choose your co-host carefully, Karen. Yeah, yeah. Kim Stroop. Nicole Adams, Ron Monastero, Tracy Smith, Bridget Bernard, Stacy, Cheryl Weldon, Veronica Moreno, Chris Lane, Alexandra, Elaine Baker, Vivian Baca, Mark and Chi, Amanda Lupus, Shannon Arnold, Kimberly Smith, who I found out, I said it was Irish last time, I found out she's Scottish, so I apologize for that. She's from Cincinnati too, right? She's not far from my house at all, so if I say anything wrong, she might show up and kill me, Timmy. Okay. Robin Sherrod, and, and she's got, she has she has a, just an adorable dog, Harley. She's just great Rottweiler she's got there. Ruth Whitfield, Cassie Kitchens, Nick Johnson, Natasha Burgess, Julia Bentley, Patty Schmidt. The beautiful, beautiful, beautiful Lady Beverly. She's the one that classes up this whole show. Yes. You know that. Yes. Uh, let's see. We got Rudy the Wonder Dog, Timmy. The world's mm-hmm. most dangerous canine, Timmy. Yes. And the woman, I'm sorry, Dottie, there was only one body in here, one dead body. But there was a lot of theft and a lot of, lot of shenanigans involved. So hopefully that worked for you. 
but the lovely Dottie Scott, Timmy. Yes. Thank you, Mom. Thank, uh, thank all of you for listening. And we'll see you again next time on History Dweebs. Bye, everyone. Bye, Bye everyone. Thank you. Good day. Good day. Okay, Chuck, you'll send that to me. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.